Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. Christmas can be a tense time, huh? Lack of money, gotta buy gifts, gotta do this, gotta prepare that, gotta, gotta, gotta. But you know, this should be a time of, and it can be a time of rest and peace and calm when we focus on Jesus. So have you ever had a moment like that where you felt like the weight of the world was lifted off your shoulders, right? Didn't it feel wonderful? You didn't have to worry about a thing. You breathe a big sigh of relief. Right, Joe. Your muscles in your neck relax. Your shoulders actually come down where they belong. They're not tensed up in a knot. You see things more clearly. The, blue, the sky's bluer. The grass is greener when you're relaxed. It's easier to smile, a genuine smile, not through gritted teeth. It feels like every little thing is gonna be okay. I know I want more times like that. I need more times like that. And I know from God's word that I can have more peaceful times like that. So when the birth of Jesus was announced to the shepherds, the heavenly host and the angels were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace peace to men on whom his favor rests. From the very first, God has given us the very best gifts. He gave us Jesus, and with Jesus, we gained peace, we gained salvation, we gained the love of the Father, and we gained eternity. If you've been made right with God through Jesus, then you have his favor resting on you and therefore you can experience his peace the peace that Jesus brought with him he brought it down from heaven with him for us and Jesus is peace and Jesus is our peace for unto us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father and prince of peace and of the increase of his government and his peace there will be no end wherever Jesus is there resides peace this peace doesn't mean that we won't experience trouble and as a matter of fact we're told in the Bible that we will have lots of trouble and it does mean that deep down inside we can remain at peace and steadfast and stable and confident because Jesus is right there in the midst of everything that we experience. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And God's Holy Spirit is the one who helps us and comes alongside of us through it all. When we keep our focus on Jesus, we can have peace in the middle of the storm. There's a hymn by Horatio Spafford, and it attests to this very fact. And Spafford was a lawyer, and he was a very devout and faithful man. He penned this hymn after the Chicago fire 
the great Chicago fire, it killed many, and it was in 1871, and right after the loss of his four children that were drowned in a mid-Atlantic um, sinking. 1873 was that. And so he wrote this song in the midst of all of that heavy, heavy weight. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. We like to think we are so strong and we can do anything and everything. We can handle anything all by ourselves. That's our way of thinking, but it's not God's way of thinking. For instance, if you take a strong board, say a four by six, isn't that kind of a strong board, Randy? Yeah, it's a strong board. And lay it across two sawhorses. And then you start putting some heavy weights on that board and you keep putting them on and you keep putting them on. At some point, the amount of weight is going to exceed the, the core strength of that board and it will collapse, it will splinter, or it will break. The weights are the stressors that cause the board to break. We have many stressors in our life. So many worries and concerns and fears and doubts and anxieties and frustrations and distractions and disturbances. Oh my gosh. Discontent rises its ugly head. Enough of these stressors or weights can cause us to splinter and collapse and break eventually. So when you're feeling stressed, which is the absence of peace, Jesus invites us to Come to me, all you who are heavy and weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble. Sometimes it says lowly of heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This yoke, the yoke this world makes us wear, sometimes is way too heavy for even the strongest and most resilient person to bear. But it is never too weighty for God. In fact, Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because you trust in God. The word perfect in the Hebrew is tamim. It means without spot, it's undefiled, it's upright, it's whole. And shalom is the word for peace. It means to be safe in mind, to be at oneness, to be safe in the body or your state, to be whole, to be completed, well, happy, and at rest. In other words, peace is to be free from disturbance or an absence of conflict and to be in a state of tranquility and harmony, balance, calm, and restfulness. I remember one of the my favorite times and my most peaceful times. Um, I remember as a as a mama rocking my babies to sleep. I felt so completely at ease doing something that every mother had done since the beginning of time. Can you imagine Mary when she picked up her baby Jesus 
and you just look in their face, all you can do is just focus on them. All you, you just look at them, you just soak them up. They're so beautiful and they're so peaceful sleeping. As I rocked them to sleep, I too would be lulled into a state of relaxation. Except, and, and at that moment, always thanking God for the blessing that he had given me. Another place I find rest is when I'm agate hunting. And I'm focused on one single thing. That's the big one. The big agate. Not many things. No other distractions but the surf and the breeze and me and Jesus at the beach. I think I need to go soon. Do you know that you can have a peace that passes understanding? We just read about that. You can hold your peace. You can extend peace. You can pray for peace. You can go away in peace. You can come in peace. And you can speak peace. You can lay down in peace. And you can rest in peace. This tells me that I can be a little piece of Jesus' peace in this world. And peace was meant to be an important part of our lives as created beings. God designed us to have this peace. We work all week long, and it's tempting to forfeit any spare time in order to just get things done, do more, get more accomplished. Especially if that is where we get our sense of worth from, being busy all the time. God had his busy week, creating everything, seeing to details, decorating the night sky with stars, and he was still busy putting each one in its right place. And then he rested. He told us to do the same and to keep that day holy, de devoted to him. On the seventh day, God took a time out. I don't believe he was tired. God is inexhaustible. I think he was setting an example for us that we should do also. Taking a moment for ourselves, for our health. It's all, he also was taking a moment to just step back and view all the magnificent things that he had created. This wonderful earth, wonderful people. It was a holy rest from activity, an intermission from creating our magnificent world. If God needed a rest, how much more do we need a rest? Rest and tranquility and calm is very necessary to our mental, our emotional, our physical, and our spiritual well-being. There's a clear contrast of what it means, what it looks like to be in peace and what it looks like to be out of peace in uh, Luke 10:38, And this is the story of Mary, Mary and Martha, and I will read it to you. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. I don't think he said it like that. He said, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. These things are important to you. Or indeed, only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha was not a bad woman. She was a busy woman. Her main goal was that everything had to be right in order, set. She was so busy and distracted by common things that she forgot about the important things, the eternal things. She was driven by her need to perform, duties to cook, clean, prepare a meal for Jesus and the disciples. So much so that she forgot what was really essential, meaningful, and truly beneficial for her well-being. Martha was so distraught that she went to Jesus for arbitration between herself and her sister. And of course, Jesus put things in the right place and in the right perspective by telling Martha the truth. You are worried about, you are worried and upset about too many things, so many things. But one thing is needed, one thing is important, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I love it. Mary chose what will last forever, a focused drawing closer to Jesus' eternal perspective. All she wanted to do was to relax, sit at the feet of Jesus, and listen to his words of truth and love. Mary made room for a moment of divine peace to happen in her life and in herself, and she was complimented by Jesus for doing it. Everyone there in that room knew who Jesus was. They knew he was from God, the Messiah. Only Mary sat at his feet, soaking up every word. This tells me that knowing the importance of things doesn't always mean that we pay attention or that we put them into practice, keeping things in their proper balance. There are times when we should be busy, and there are times when we need to put that down and just bathe in God's presence. Like Mary, we can also make those divine, divine moments of true peace happen for us. Shut down the busyness and distractions. Put yourself in a timeout. These... <clears throat> By focusing on the word, drawing closer to the person of Jesus, and taking on a kingdom perspective, these will allow peace a place to grow in you. What is the one thing that won't be taken from you? It's God's love through Jesus Christ. This and this alone brings peace to any given situation. That the king of the universe looks down at little old me and loves me, and he's concerned with everything about my life. And maybe you can take some time for yourself soon to quiet yourself and remove needless distractions and give Jesus your undivided attention. It will have multiple benefits for your relationships with God, Jesus, others, and yourself. When Jesus was telling his disciples that he would be leaving soon, and he told them many times, he was assuring them of his love and of the Father's love. He comforted them by saying, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And I'm so reminded that God gives us so many wonderful things. This is every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. Well, somebody can hand you a gift, but if you don't take it out of their hand and assume possession of it, it does you no good. So what I learned from that is we have to receive those gifts and put them into practice and let them live out their life in our life. In the next chapter, chapter 15 of John, Jesus tells them, you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. The kind of fruit that lasts forever is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, and peace are the top three. And then it goes on to patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And because we have been reconciled to God through Jesus' death and resurrection, we now have the Holy Spirit living in us, and we can experience that heavenly peace. Isaiah 53, 5 says, The punishment that brought us peace was laid upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. So every wound that Jesus suffered on that cross at his crucifixion was for our peace. It was for our salvation. It was for our righteousness, our justification. This peace is a heavenly peace, and we are told to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, this peace is not natural and we cannot manufacture it on our own. It is from God and it is supernatural. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all want and desire a loving relationship with each one of us. But first, we have to be reconciled to God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And then he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. We are no longer separated from God. We have been reconciled into a right relationship with God. And we can now experience peace with him. Isaiah 32, 17 says, The fruit of righteousness is peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. We can also experience peace in our relationships with each other. We just did our relationship with God. Now we're going to go to each other. You know, one of the major interferences with uh, having healthy relationships with other, others is our choice to, to not forgive Instead of practicing forgiveness, we practice unforgiveness. 
unforgiveness pretty much stops any any relationship. And those things that it needs to thrive on, it puts it to an end. Unforgiveness is a stressor. Remember the weight on the board? Unforgiveness is a weight. It's a stressor in our life. And it is like carrying around this incredibly large boulder inside your heart. And it takes up valuable space. It's time-consuming. It torments the mind. It destroys your immunity. And it breaks your spirit. Besides all that misery it brings, it's sin. It separates us from God. And there is no peace happening where there is unforgiveness. Jesus says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Remember, sin separates us from our relationship with God. Jesus has explicitly told us to not repay evil for evil, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. And if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So when we cooperate with God and align our will to his will, the effects will be dynamic and life-giving. I want that. I want that abundant life that Jesus came to give. Don't you? There's another relationship that we need to nurture. We have Jesus, we have others, and then we have you. The one we have with ourself. All the stuff that goes on on the inside eventually manifests itself on the outside. It could be things, good things like peace and tranquility and calm and happiness and restfulness. Or it could be things like depression and anger and anxiety, ulcers, confusion, insomnia, and difficulty in relationships, and so on, and so on, and so on. God made us with a body, a mind, a soul, and a spirit, and when these are working together in harmony, we can experience peace. Here's something to consider. It's a little thing called inner peace. If you can start the day without coffee, if you can always be cheerful ignoring aches and pains, if you can resist complaining about your troubles, if you can eat the same food every day and be grateful for it, if you can understand your loved ones are way too busy to give you any time, if you can take criticism and blame without resentment, if you can conquer tension without medical help, if you can relax without alcohol, if you can sleep without the aid of drugs, then you are fine. You are probably the family dog. <laughs> Our physical health is important. All that we are is contained inside this body. Sometimes it's called the tent. God says we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, so we had better take care of it. There's two of us in here, right? Now, some difficulties we have to deal with is hereditary. And then sometimes it's our own fault that our bodies rebel. When our bodies are functioning properly, our immune system functions optimally, optimally, and we are less prone to disease and illness. We have better sleep. We have more energy levels. We are have more vitality in us. 
And as my mom used to say, you'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Now, I'm sure she was talking about squirrels and not humans, but still, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Emotional and psychological well-being is the stability for your life when everything seems to be falling apart. Despite what the circumstances may be, we can say with certainty, even if, even if the bank forecloses, even if we get a bad diagnosis, even if our beautiful daughter runs away with someone we don't really appreciate. We can, I can, and I will, and I hope you can say, I can and I will say, hallelujah anyway. Because we can trust God through the process, and we can trust Him with the final results. You know, well-being is not a lack of negative emotions. It is the assurance that God is in control and he will get me through this. It's putting the weight of the stressor right where it belongs. We put it in the strong arms of the Lord and there's no one stronger than he. He tells us to cast all of our cares on him for he cares for us. Our emotional and mental well-being are closely tied to that inner peace we are experiencing. When feelings and thoughts are balanced and controlled, by, they bring clarity and focus. You make better decisions, and you have better problem-solving skills. The Word says that if a person's thinking is controlled by his sinful self, then there is death. But if his thinking is controlled by the Spirit, then there is life and peace. You know, before I became a Christian, I did not experience much in the way of peace. It was quite the contrary. As a matter of fact, people used to come to me, those people that I worked with or knew, and they would say, Linda, don't you ever smile? I didn't. There was, I felt like there was nothing to smile about. I was so, so deep in misery. Occasionally, I would find a, be, a, a bit of peacefulness. I had to really scrounge for it, though here and there. But thank God he saved me from myself and he set my feet on a path to peace and life and eternity. Not just life abundant, not just life, but abundant life. I had never known so much happiness, so much goodness and so much love in my life before Jesus. I am so thankful and I am so grateful that he chose me. I didn't choose him. Psalm 85, 8-10. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints. But let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That his glory may dwell in our land, love and faithfulness meet together, righteousness and peace kiss each other. What a beautiful sight that is. Faithfulness springs from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. Can I read that again? That is so beautiful and life-giving. I will listen to what the Lord will say. His promise, he promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. 
Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. And faithfulness springs from the earth, and righteousness looks down upon us from heaven. Such good news. When you have peace and harmony existing in your spirit, all relationships are improved. You are better able to communicate, to empathize, and to connect with others. You're actually better able to, to problem solve in a peaceful way. And best of all, you will have a deeper and more fulfilling relationship with Jesus, with others, and with yourself. The gift of peace that Jesus gives enables us to receive, to perceive things more clearly, to receive more graciously, and you actually give more generously, and you love more effectively. When you have invited the Holy Spirit to actively work in you to produce the fruit that pleases God and lasts forever, you will have peace. And in closing, I'd like to read an excerpt from Randy Alcorn's book, Eternal Perspectives. It says, we now have perfect peace with God when we reach our heavenly home, of whose love for us we no longer doubt, as we may have often done when on earth. We also have peace with ourselves, for those unruly passions which formerly disturbed our peace no longer exist in our glorified bodies. We enjoy perfect peace with our neighbor for conflicting interests and envies and jealousies which give rise to dissensions and enmities have not, have not found and never will find their way into heaven. We also have peace from the devil who no longer goeth about like a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. He has found no admittance into the kingdom of peace. We also have peace from our past. For the sins which so often made us tremble are washed away in the blood of Jesus and are therefore no longer a source of trouble. The remembrance of them rather intensifies our love for God, uh, for the God of mercy, and therefore increases our happiness. And happiness is another word for peace. So thank you. And I want to create peace over you because... You know, where two or three are gathered together, God is there in their midst. And so we know he's here with us, right? Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I just pray such a special, enveloping, embracing peace over everyone who is here today and those who cannot be here today, Lord God. Let them walk in it and talk in it and think it. Let it be their uh, guide let it be that important thing. Let us, Lord, like Mary, sit at your feet and just soak you in. Every word. Let us hang on every word that you have spoken. And Lord God, I ask for peace and mercy and love and joy to be amongst us. For the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Is, would anyone like to say 
or recall a moment where you felt that perfect peace in spite of the circumstances. Would you be brave enough to share that with us? I can feel a lot of peace. Good. Remembering back the last four years of all the hardship from going through the cancer process and feeling that Jesus is right there with me and just having that peace. And lately it's been more increasingly peace. It's knowing that everything I go through, every day, every moment, I look to Jesus and I am dwelling within his presence constantly. The peace and joy he gives me. Yes. It's hard to get through it. Yes. But with the Lord's help, he gets me through it every moment of the day. Yeah. I have to say uh, that it would maybe sound like that it would be a, a great thing, but it was for me is that um, when uh, a loved one was getting ready to pass, and I just thought, I don't even think I can even stay in the room. It, it seemed like that there must have been people praying for me or something because it was like I was able to not only stay there, but I was able to experience the Lord's presence right in that moment that normally would have been one of those things where I'd be shrieking and, and running out of the room. Um, but I have never forgotten that. And, and so when I'm going in other situations where I don't have that peace, then I, I meditate on that. And then, and then that peace does come and it's there for me, you know, in my present day. Yeah. So it's just really something special. I'll never, I'll never forget it. And it was the least likely of all people, you know, it was, and it happened there. So the Lord's just very gracious. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Anyone else? It seems small because, you know, there's so many big things that happen in life. Um, but just, you know, even when, you know, like work and um, life and just all the things, you know, the day-to-day -day things start piling on top of you. Yeah. And then you're just like, I can't handle this. And then you're like, wait a minute, you know, like I can just give this to God. And, you know, it's, uh, and we just have to be thankful for what we do have, you know, because we tend to um, complain more than give thanks. God's got us. He's always there for us when we need him. So, Amen. makes you want to forgive people more often, you know? <laughs> Thank you, Tom. That was excellent. Anyone else? Well, thank you for your testimonies, and I know God, God was listening and going, yeah! Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.